Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 71 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Pace, Florida, as Shelby McKenzie takes home the weekly award. Shelby hit 692 with three doubles and three home runs, while also allowing just one earned run over 12 in the third innings of work and striking out 12 while playing with the Birmingham Thunderbolts premier 2024 Burns team last weekend at the Bolts Invitational in Birmingham, Alabama. Awesome job, Shelby. I'm sure we'll be hearing your name a lot more down the road. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Ball State University alum and Canadian Olympic bronze medalist, Jen Gilbert. Jen has had an amazing career as she has been with the Canadian national team program dating back to the U16 national team in 2009. She has won a Pan Am Games silver in 2019 and of course an Olympic bronze this past summer in Tokyo. At Ball State, she helped guide the Cardinals to three Mid-American Conference regular season championships. She holds nearly all of Ball State's single season offensive records and is at or near the top in every career category. With 75 home runs, she holds the NCAA record for a Canadian-born player. We're going to talk to Jen about getting her start in the game down in Texas, how she told her mom she wanted to play the Olympics for Team Canada when she was 8 years old, her amazing career at Ball State, the roller coaster of emotions leading up to Tokyo, as well as her newest endeavor, Jen Gilbert Softball Academy. This was such a fun chat as Jen was an absolute joy to talk to. I'm sure she's going to have tremendous success in everything she does. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. here we go jen thanks so much for coming on the podcast thanks so much for having me how are things going down in the great state of texas it is awesome it's uh still warm enough where you can wear a t-shirt and shorts and um everybody's playing softball still down here so yeah i can't complain one bit so jealous right now <laughs> like i said before we started recording we got frost on the ground up here now so uh i'd love to be in shorts and shorts and a t-shirt uh so what's been on the go since you get back from tokyo uh well i took a little bit of time off uh went on a little vacation um with my family um because i got to see them for uh, i think it was like a couple months um since i'd seen them uh and then Kind of started my own business, uh, kind of, you know, cleared some stuff out and made some space to put, um, install some turf and I got a cage up and uh, bought all my, my equipment that I needed. And uh, yeah, I decided to open my own softball facility and I just give lessons and clinics out of there. And um, I really, really wanted to make it a place, um, just, you know, a source for knowledge and for, you know, softball girls in the area to grow and it's in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so it's the the same area where I played softball and I grew up and learned to love the game. And so this is uh, my way of giving back to to the area that um, you know d- did so much for me and uh, just kind of showed me the game of softball. Right on. I was I was going to touch on that a little bit later, but hey, let's jump onto it now. Um, so <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Is it so? Is that something that you you know you had a passion for like early on, like like after the like I guess before you knew you were going to be done after the Olympics, is this something you had in your mind from the get-go? 
Yeah, it was kind of, um, I, I always wanted to teach. I just from a young age, I always wanted to be a teacher. And when, uh, my mom, she kind of brought it up, uh, was like, well, why don't you just teach softball? Like you're, you love the game. You have a, you have a mind for softball. You know, why don't you just teach when you, when you grow up and become a coach? And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I actually, I was a college coach at my alma mater, uh, Ball State for a couple of years. And so I got to do that and, uh, absolutely love the program, love the girls that I got the pleasure of coaching, but, uh, it's still, there was still a side of college coaching. And I mean, my college, you know, coaches, friends, they listen to this, don't take any offense to it, but there's just, <laughs> there's a lot of, um, <laughs> there's a lot of business parts of it and a lot of administration type parts of college coaching and, you know, there's recruiting. And mm -hmm. so I, I didn't enjoy that side of it. I just enjoyed the teaching aspect of it. And so I was like, well, you know, I'm sure I can, you know, what, what, what are the other options? And so I actually went to the coaches convention in uh, Las Vegas. It was in, I believe, 2014, 2015. And I had listened to uh, Jen Schroeder. She has her own facility in California. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's just such a small softball world because I ended up playing with her younger sister uh, on my pro softball team, the Akron Racers. And um, so, yeah, I got to listen to Jen, uh, just kind of share her facility and her vision for um, the girls that come in and learn from her. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I need to do something like that. Like for, for North Texas. And so that was kind of, um, always in the back of my brain. Uh, I knew that I couldn't really do it while I was still playing because it was just, it, it just wouldn't, wouldn't be fair to the kids. I would, you know, teach them during the year. And then during the summers I would have to leave them. Um, so I just, I kind of just always had that vision. And then, when I knew that I was going to retire, um, from playing after Tokyo, I was like, okay, it, it, this is time. Like I, I have no other commitments. I have no other obligations. I'm truly free to do, um, whatever I want right now at this point in my life. And I was like, I'm going to open my own business. So here, here we are. And it, it's been a, yeah, it's been really, really great. We've had a lot of, uh, kids I, have grown really, really fast. I think we've been open for about seven weeks now and I have a little over 20 kids that are coming in for lessons, uh, on nice. a regular basis. So, so yeah, it, it's been really, really good. I've been truly blessed uh, with this. That's awesome. That's because I mean, you know, I've interviewed Morgan Stewart and Ashley Burkhart and, and they do rough. I think they do the same thing, you know, as far as, you know, yeah. given that and, and they seem to be thriving. So, I mean, I mean, you get to do it in the Texas area and, and I'm sure like that's a hotbed for, for girls fast bitch. So, I mean, I, th I think yeah. you're, I yeah. think you're going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so has it sunk in yet that uh, you're an Olympic medalist? Uh, I think now it has. Um, just at first it didn't, but I think just with time and with um, all, I mean, just an example, the kids that I go lessons to, they ask me like, when do I get to see your medal? When do I get to see, or do you have your medal with you? And it's like, no, that thing is locked in my dresser. It is not coming out. Like, I don't want to lose it. Yeah. And, like I'll go to like, so I'll go and, you know, speak to some teams and, you know, I'll, I'll bring it to, you know, for them, but the, yeah, everybody asks. And so I think, yeah, just, you know, with time and, you know, people asking and, you know, me just talking about it more and more, it's like, yeah, like I, I, I did this, we did this yeah. and it's just, yeah, it's so, so cool. It's almost like everybody expects you to walk around with it on. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like everyone thinks that I just hold it in my purse. It's like, no, like that thing's heavy and it's like valuable. Yeah. And no, no, no. Uh, that thing's only coming out for special occasions. Absolutely. I mean, we'll get into that, uh, that moment a little later on. Uh, one thing I like to, I like to kick the podcast off with, you know, kind of break the ice, a little something called quick bitches. Um, I'm okay. going to throw some quest questions at you. Random. Right. They're random. <laughs> so you answer them as best you can. Alrighty. I'm all kind of right. nervous, but here we That's go. All right. First one. If you had to live off one food for a week, what is it? Mm, so for this one, it's easy. Uh, it, it would be meat because I don't eat meat anymore. I'm a, a pescatarian, so I only eat fish. So that one, Ooh. it would be any cow. Yeah. Any cow, pig or chicken. Uh, that, that would be it. Okay. What's the biggest thing you miss about Ball State University? Mm, 
I think I would miss, I mean, obviously aside from the people, I would miss Con Cannons. It's this really, really good little bakery shop. Uh, they have the best cheesecake ever and I cannot find anything similar, uh, in, you know, the town where I live in now. And yeah, so I'd say con cannons. Oh, cheesecake's so good. It is. Uh, okay. Besides the bronze medal win, most memorable moment on the field. I would say Danielle Laurie's pitch against Japan. We were, we had bases loaded, um, I think it was two outs, I believe. And so, so the pitch only has 20 seconds on the clock to deliver the pitch. Otherwise it's called a ball. Yep. And, um, so I, I think the score was, was either tied or they were up by one run. So, and so if she wouldn't have thrown the pitch in t- at the time that she did, we would have lost the game right then and there. Um, and so all of us, like, we were like, throw the ball. Like, I don't know what it was, but, but I don't know if there was like uh like a signal mishap or like, she didn't know like what pitch was being called by rafter. But so like, and, and we could hear rafter, like throw the ball, throw the ball. And so like we, I mean, you, everybody could see, she didn't even have like a grip on the ball, but she somehow miraculously threw a strike. And yeah. so, yeah, it was like, that was, I will forever remember that pitch for the rest of my life. No doubt. I, yeah. I remember watching it. Oh yeah. That was, um, yeah. that was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think everybody across Canada was screaming, throw the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Uh, best thing about growing up in Texas. Uh, I'd say the, the warm weather. Um, and you know, it, it was, I was able to play softball at a more consistent basis, um, mm. just because it was warm down here. Um, I know whenever I went to go live in BC and I trained, um, for a year up there, I, I coached at a, a, a high school, uh, softball Academy. And, um, I, I know that the girls, they, they would say that they weren't able to play as often as those of us that grew up, you know, where it was warm. So yeah, mm. I would say the warm weather. Oh, right on. Actually, I'm going off track. Where when did that happen? When were you coaching up in BC? Uh, it was fall of 2018 and then spring of 2019. Oh, nice. Nice. I, I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. go, I, go yeah. into, I go into detail with my research and everything and I never came across that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one. If you could visit one place on earth, where is it? Mm, probably Paris, France. I always wanted to go to visit the Eiffel tower and take that picture. Um, some people, I think a few of my teammates did it actually in 2014 after world championships, but they, uh, they do like that picture where it's, they're like super, super close, but then it looks like they're touching the tip of the, uh, yes. the Eiffel tower. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but like that kind of like style photo, it's like, man, that's on my bucket list. And also just to see the city, there's just so much like rich history and culture there. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I'd for sure want to go there. Right on. Uh, biggest idol growing up? Uh, aside from my mom, it would be Jenny Finch. Uh, I just really related with her cause we, we have the same name. Uh, we both have blonde hair and at the time, um, I was a pitcher. So, uh, just really, I think the first, yeah, the first time I saw her was when I was eight years old and she actually was the one that inspired me to, to play, uh, softball in college and for a uh, team Canada. Cause I, I didn't know that softball was in the Olympics until I saw her play for team USA. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, it would be, it would be Jenny. Awesome. Uh, do you have any pregame ritual or superstitions? Not really. Um, I did when I was younger, but I kind of like grew out of that a little bit as I got older. Um, but I mean, I, I would listen to music, um, eat snacks, drink, uh, whatever. I think it was like a Red Bull. I would drink like a, some kind of energy drink. Um, but yeah, th- that would kind of be like my routine. Just, you know, listen to music or a podcast and then drink, drink and snack. Right on. Last one. What's the biggest thing you're thankful for from the game? The lessons that it taught me, uh, I wouldn't be the person I am today without softball. It taught me, um, you know, about failure and how to deal with, you know, when things don't go your way. Um, it's made me a tougher human being. Uh, it's made me resilient and determined to do anything that I want to do in this life. Uh, it's given me friendships, relationships, uh, taught me how to work with people and how to serve others, um, how to listen and be coachable, um, do what my coach is asking me to do. 
Uh, and I also, I got to travel the world and, mm. uh, I got to see different cultures and how other people live. And, um, it, it made me truly thankful for, for where I live and the opportunities that we have, uh, yeah. on this side of the globe. Absolutely. I mean, I, I say the same thing when it comes to the game. I mean, I wouldn't have got to see places, you know, across North America that I would have never got to see before. And, and, and the friendships, I mean, that was the biggest thing, you know what I mean? Like the game, the game gives a lot. Yeah, it, it really, really does. And I think that that's, I just love sports just in general so much, um, just because it, it really, it teaches you those life lessons that, you know, the people that don't, you know, get involved in sports or, you know, in music or art or any of those other, yep. um, you know, passions, uh, you, you don't get those lessons at a young age. No, absolutely. So let's get into your career. Every guest that comes on here, we like to, to ask them, uh, you know, tell us when and where you got your start in the game. Awesome. So let us know. Where'd you get okay. your start in the game? Okay. Where'd you get your start in the game? All right. So we're, yeah, we're going all the way back. We're okay. going all the way back. Um, all the way back. Okay. So I started playing softball around age four or five. Uh, I had tried basically every other sport that you could possibly imagine. Um, I'm an only child, so my parents wanted me to get out and socialize with the other kids. And I tried gymnastics, uh, ice skating, ballet, tap dance, um, so many others that I can't remember right now. But uh, softball is really the only one that stuck. Um, we would, on for the other activities, we would kind of like start to progress. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to do, you know, the little kid stuff, you know, go play games, whatever, and kind of do my own thing. And um and yeah, so once I started playing softball, I just would want to stay at the field all day and I wanted to keep playing. And, um, I had gotten the opportunity to go for, uh, for our little recreation league that we have, um, the, the more talented players got invited to make a tournament team for one weekend. Um, and so we played that tournament and that's the first time where I had gotten to play like five games in one day. And I remember at the end, I told my parents that I want to come back the next day and play like five more games. And <laughs> so, um, I was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to play softball. I want to get on a tournament team. So my, my mom found me a tournament team and I started playing travel ball around like, I think it was like seven or eight, mm. I believe. And, um, so, so started playing competitive softball at that point. And, uh, so when I was eight, my travel ball team at the time went to the college world series in Oklahoma city, which is about three hours from where I grew up. And that's where I had said earlier, I had saw Jenny Finch for the first time. Um, she was pitching for university of Arizona mm -hmm. and I just remember walking into that stadium and seeing like all the people and the, the crowd going nuts and, you know, the, just like so competitive, um, teams that were playing. And I just knew like, I want to be here someday and I want to play on this field someday and in this stadium. And, um, like I want to play at a, like the mm -hmm. highest level of the sport. And, um, so that, that was the goal. And I remember it was maybe a couple weeks later. Um, I was riding in the car with my mom and just kind of looking out the window. I don't really, re I don't remember where we were driving to, but I just was looking out the window, just kind of, you know, have my little eight year old thoughts. And <laughs> I turned to my mom and I said, mom, I'm going to be a great softball player someday. And I want to play for team Canada in the Olympics someday. And my mom being like my mom, she said, honey, that's great, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. And I said, I know, but I want to do it. That's awesome. And so my, yeah. And so my mom, she, she really took that to heart. And so she, she took me very seriously, like, you know, that thought of mine. And so she always, from that point on, always got me the best coaches that put me on the best teams. Um, she is just a researcher at her core, whatever, whatever you want to know about, she will find it online. And so she, um, you know, researched like all these great coaches and like how they teach the game and like the drills that they would use and all of this stuff. And I mean, this, I mean, my mom never played softball ever. She, she was a volleyball player and she played track and, um, she rode, uh, uh, horses competitively, um, mm -hmm. in, in Alberta where she grew up. And, um, so like this was entirely a new thing for her too. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was always kind of like our thing. Um, she would always take me to the ball field and, 
she would, you know, when, when I was a pitcher, she would be my catcher and she would put on the softball gear and she'd catch for me. And, um, she would soft toss to me and, um, hit ground balls to me. And, um, so she was really like my coach in that way. And, um, and yes, I got, uh, got on up, played, um, high school ball. And then I got recruited to ball state university. And, uh, so that was, uh, what was it? Two, yeah. 2011 was my freshman year at Ball State. Mm-hmm. I graduated in, in 2014 and, um, played for two awesome coaches, Craig Nicholson, who's a fellow Canadian, um, and Stephanie DeFeo. Uh, they both were such, um, great mentors for me, um, taught me the game at, you know, such a high level as well. And, uh, super competitive team. We won, uh, three conference championships when I was a player there. And, um, so I have three really nice big rings in, in my uh, dresser that I still get to look at and, uh, graduated, um, had the honor of getting drafted to the Akron racers and the MPF and played for, uh, Joey Arietta, who is still, again, one of my many mentors and she, she's mama bear for me. And she always took such great care of our team and, um, always made sure that we had everything we needed and, um, just put together like such a special program, um, for, for the racers. And, uh, and then the, the Olympics got put back in and, uh, was super, super grateful for that. And at the time, so that, I believe that was in 2016, the Olympics got put back and, um, and I, I knew that I had, I had been a part of team Canada since 2009. Um, I kind of skipped over that little part, but, uh, yeah, 2009 was, I was going to get to it. So it's all good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how much, much detail you wanted me to share about softball, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to get to it all, Jen. It's all good. Okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Yeah. 2009, I played, I was my first time playing for Canada and then, um, played for the racers and took a, a couple years, um, away from team Canada. And I just played solely in the MPF. Mm-hmm. And, uh, once the Olympics got put back in, I, I knew that, that this was my shot and, you know, the dream was still, you know, alive and well, and it was something that I wanted to pursue. And so I tried it again for team Canada in 2018, mm-hmm. um, made the team and, yeah, the rest is kind of history, I guess. Right on. Actually, I want to jump back to, you mentioned 2009 there with the U16 Canadian national team there. Um, when, did, like you said do you, that you told your mom you're going to play on the Olympic team when you were eight, like you knew at that young of age that you, that you could play for Team Canada, even though you, you know, you grew up in Texas since you were three. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I get that question asked a lot. Cause I, I do have dual citizenship. My dad is American. My mom's Canadian. Um, but I was born in, uh, Saskatchewan yeah. and, um, yeah. And, and I, so the summers before I started playing competitive travel softball, I would actually go spend the summers with my grandparents who at the time lived in Alberta, um, just outside of Edmonton. It's a small town called Drayton Valley. And, okay, yeah. um, so I, yeah, I would actually, um, I would travel all over Canada with them cause they would do, uh, dog shows. They breeded, uh, dachshunds, oh. like the little, the little weenie dogs. Best in show. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I spent, you know, the, I, I experienced Canada, um, just, you know, traveling all over and was very close with all my Canadian relatives and, so I just really learned, I had like a very big heart for, for Canada. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's what kind of drew me to play for team Canada is, you know, connecting with the country where I was born and where, um, you know, the relatives that I was really close with, um, were from. Right on. So how did, did uh, you know, joining the U16 team come all about? Like how did, how did that happen? Yeah. So I, when I was trying to get recruited uh, to colleges, um, I was sent out emails to pretty much every division one college that had the degree that I wanted to study, uh, which was exercise science, biomechanics type. Um, and so I sent an email, um, and at the end of every email, I would say that, um, it's a goal of mine to play for team Canada someday. Um, just really, it was actually my mom's idea. 
um, lo and behold, but it was kind of just, um, to show that coach that, Hey, like I want to play at a really high level. I want to play for you. Like, this is how serious of a ball player I am mm-hmm. type thing. And, uh, so I had emailed, uh, Lori Sipple, um, at university of Nebraska. And she was one of the coaches on, um, team Canada, the Olympic team, um, in 08. Mm-hmm. And so she had four, she had saw that at the bottom where I put about Canada and she had forwarded it to, um, I believe the junior national team coach at the time and just said like, Hey, this is a kid, you know, maybe, sh- you know, have a tryout and see, you know, what happens, you know, just kind of passing it along type thing. And so, uh, so that actually, um, had put me on the junior team roster. Um, and they had actually invited me to come not try out for the senior team in 09, but just to get the experience, um, because that was a uh, coach Smith's first year. So he was just starting. And, All right. um, I guess they, they wanted to invite like some of the younger junior players just to, um, you know, see and experience, um, the senior team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it wasn't a tryout for me. It was just like, come to this camp and get experience type thing. Right. Um, and yeah, so then I was, you know, put on the, the junior U19, um, or U, yeah, U16 roster that went to Prague, uh, in August of that year. So that's kind of how it, how it worked out. Nice. That must've been, you know, a pretty big deal to go to Prague at, you know, at such a young age. It was, it was, it was, uh, kind of daunting at, uh, 16, 17 years old. Cause that we, <laughs> we, I have, uh, some stories that are a little like, you know, we, we were out trying to find a place for dinner in downtown Prague. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, there's some sketchy, Ooh. you know, people that come out late at night. And yeah. so, and you know, there's all of us like little 16 year olds running around with our parents and, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, I want to go home. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean that that's any place, but yeah, yeah. It, it certainly was an experience. No doubt. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I met. So, of course, this was a, around your recruiting time. So what uh, what led to the, you know, commitment to Ball State? Yeah, I think it was uh, once. And I mean, I had no idea about Ball State. I didn't even know it existed um, until I had gone on campus. But I think it was uh, just Coach Nicholson himself. He was extremely knowledgeable. He was a high-level coach. Uh, he had actually coached um, the Chicago Bandits in the MPF mm-hmm. um, for a few years before I had actually ever shown up as a freshman on campus. And I knew that he was leading, um, ball States program in a good direction and that he wanted to win. Um, he wanted to go into postseason and, um, you know, go as far as, as, uh, it would allow. And, um, just, just his mind for the game. And, um, I mean, the fact that he was Canadian was cool too. I mean, it wasn't a deal breaker or anything, but, um, and then, yeah, the campus at Ball State, it was uh, a smaller campus. Uh, you can walk end to end in like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and it wasn't in Texas. I didn't want to go in state for school. I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to branch out and get away from home and get away from mom and dad. But, um, and they had what I wanted to study. Uh, I have my degree in exercise science, and then I have my master's in athletic coaching. So they're, they were one of the few schools that actually offered a master's degree in coaching, which is what I had always oh, wow. wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I'd say the softball program and then education and just, you know, some other things like campus and, you know, the location type thing. Was, it's was in really... Indiana, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So h- how are the winners? <laughs> it, it was an experience. I learned that I am not a cold weather person. Uh, I, I thought that I would like the snow and I no longer like the snow. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a, it was an experience that I needed to have. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like a, a, the player that played in the, the Canadian Olympic team that does not like snow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, nope, get it out of here. Yeah. Actually, one thing I, I, found hilarious was the fact that you know when you enroll when you went to ball state you went there as a as a pitcher slap hitter <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you turned yeah. it turned into a power hitter you know yes how did that all come about 
<laughs> uh, well, so it was my, my first two weeks, my freshman year, I get a text message from coach Nicholson and he says that I need to see you in my office and you know, little me is, like, you know, oh, thinking, no. okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, for anybody that knows Craig, you do not make this man angry. Like he is very <laughs> like, you just want to always keep him happy. You don't yeah. ever want to make him mad. And, uh, so I was like, what did I like? What have I possibly done? I've been here for two weeks. Like, why does coach want to see me? And so, um, I told him like I was, you know, in class, but you know, could we meet at the field? And he said, yeah, that's fine. Um, so, <laughs> So, so I get to practice and he just, you know, kind of takes me aside on the field and just straight up asked me, are you going to be upset if you don't get to pitch here? And I said, nope, honestly, <laughs> like, no, I, I, I had enjoyed hitting more than pitching. And I mean, I even told him for the junior team, cause I was still on the junior team at that time right. that I, I play shortstop in center field. Went and I like barely ever got to pitch and I was totally fine with it. Um, so he said, okay, cool. And then he also kind of mentioned that, uh, I don't want you to slap anymore. I just want you to focus on hitting. Um, cause he, he kind of, we, we would have early hitting practices. Um, it was optional, optional in air quotes. Yeah. Um, but we would show up to hit and so I would be slapping and then I work on power slapping. And so I'd slap the ball like to the fence and, so he said, Hey, I just wanted to see you hit like normally. And I said, okay. And then they eventually, you know, started going over the fence. And so that's kind of where we got to the point, like, okay, well, what's the point of you slapping if you can hit the ball over the fence type thing. And, um, so he just like, yep, completely, um, redid all of my, what I was recruited to do. And, uh, so yeah, I graduated as an outfielder and a power hitter and just, I, it was the, the first time where I actually really needed to figure out how to properly, um, outfield and to, you know, right. any ball that hits you, you got to catch it type thing. <laughs> um, you know, how to take proper angles and outfield was my biggest thing that I needed to learn, but, but yeah, it, it all worked out and, Jeez, um, I guess yeah. it did. I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's pretty good coach's instincts right there. Yeah, I know. He's, <laughs> he's so smart. It's like, he's annoyingly smart, but yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you go on to have an amazing freshman season. I mean, you hit 361, set school records for home runs, RBIs that of course you go on to keep breaking later on in, in other se seasons. But, <laughs> uh, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from that first year? I think, uh, just, just learning my swing and learning how to become a disciplined hitter. Uh, Craig, he still jokes to this day that, um, my freshman year, if the ball was moving and it was yellow, then I would swing at it no matter where it was. <laughs> and so he, he would get frustrated with me. He's like, you know, you could be such a good hitter if you just, you know, swing at pitches that you can actually hit. And it's like, okay. And so I was kind of, you know, trying to understand that part of the game, like, okay, like I'm a good enough hitter. I can hit anything. Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean that I should swing at it if that makes sense. Cause, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you get to college, the college pitchers are so much better and you know, they, they can get you out on those, those kind of pitchers pitches. And so I really had to learn how to, you know, be patient and wait for, for that good pitch. Right on. Now that same year, you ended up, you'd represent Canada, WBSC world juniors in South Africa. How cool was that experience for you? So cool. Um, I, I hope that I get to go back to South Africa someday. It was so beautiful there. The food was awesome. The culture was just phenomenal and, um, just so different from like anything that I'd ever experienced. And, um, we got to see table mountain. It was right where, um, the fields were. Mm -hmm. And so we got to see that every day. And I mean, it's one of the uh, what is it? The eight, one of the eight wonders of the world, I think. Right. Um, I don't know if there's eight or nine, but yeah, it's, that was super, super cool. No doubt. So do you think that, you know, the success you had at Ball State first year helped in that confidence going into that WBSEs? Cause I mean, I mean, I you hit four eleven in the tournament, so I mean, that's not too shabby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. And just, you know, having, um, all the reps, um, that you get from college practices and the, the level of coaching and, and everything. Um, and also I kind of was just maturing and myself as a player. And, um, so yeah, I think it, it all kind of worked itself out at the, at a good time. Yeah, no doubt. So let's go back to ball state now. Uh, You'd have an incredible four years there. Like I said before, you set numerous single season career records. What are some of the big moments that, you know, stick out for your time there? 
I think uh, the the girls that I played with um, were all so competitive and a lot of us were passed over by like the big name schools, the power five type schools. Mm -hmm. And so we all really kind of had a chip on our shoulder. Um, we, we were that mid major school that would go out and beat ranked teams. Um, like we would play Missouri and, uh, uh, Arizona state and, um, other teams like in the big 10 and, um, like Notre Dame was an in-state rival of ours, same with, in, uh, Indiana IU. And, yeah. um, so we, we would go out and, you know, we try to beat them cause you know, we, we kind of took it a little personal cause a lot of us would try, you know, to get recruited by those schools and they didn't think that we were good enough. And, um, so I think just being, um, like scrappy and blue collar, um, type, uh, and just like fighting, um, like fighting for what you want. And we had a saying at ball state, um, nobody works harder than ball state in our, in our conference. And, um, because we knew that we were, um, you know, we, we won conference year after year after year, and we knew that there was a target on our backs and, um, we just, we embraced that and we really took a lot of pride in ourselves and was like, no, like the Mac is ours. Like we, we run this conference, we own it. And, uh, yeah, I think just that sense of, you know, we, we work our tails off and, you know, nobody works harder than us. And, mm uh, we, we get up at 6am. It's going to be, we're going to be getting something out of it. Like we work so hard and nobody's going to take this away from us. And that's kind of, um, how, you know, we were on team Canada too. We, we did, you know, everything we worked on, you know, nutrition, strength and conditioning and the mental game. And we're working on so many things to make us better. And, that would set us apart from our opponents. And, um, so yeah, I think just that sense of work ethic really, um, is what I learned the most. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I mean, I, I think I could say you guys, you guys won three Mac championships. Is it, am I correct? Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, there, yes. so I mean, obviously you guys had team chemistry and you guys had team chemistry with team Canada. Cause I mean, I witnessed it firsthand, like watching you guys and you know, I, I've talked to almost every girl on that team on this podcast now and it's all mm -hmm. about team chemistry. Um, mm -hmm. I say it all the time on here. Team chemistry goes a long way from your point of view. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Um, you're, you're a team, you have to work as a unit. And if there's some, you know, parts that aren't, uh, working, you know, cause we're, we're all different. We're kind of like a puzzle, you know, if you're yep. missing pieces of the puzzle, it, it's not going to be a puzzle. It's not going to be complete. Um, and yeah, so absolutely team chemistry is, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we leave ball state, I got, I got a couple things I got to touch on it. The, how cool was it to hit, you know, that 66th, 66th career home run against North Dakota state past Jenny as the NCAA all-time home run leader for Canadian born <laughs> players. That must've been pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was, and, you know, Jen, Yi, she was a, a real, and again, I have so many mentors, but I spent a lot of time with her. Um, my first couple seasons on, uh, the senior team when I had made it in 2012 and I was her roommate and, um, you know, hit behind her in the, the batting lineup. And, you know, we, we always would hit together during warmups. And so I, I really got to learn a lot from her, but yeah, to, to break her record, I was like, mm. sorry, I love you, but <laughs> I'm, I'm passing you. Yeah. But yeah, she, she's awesome oh she's such a good hitter and patient too such like, a good <laughs> the amount of walk like i think she ranks first in career, career walks in the ncaa or something like one or two so i mean yeah you know, that that doesn't surprise me at all yeah yeah like i mean going up having the batter batting average you do but still having the, that amount of walks shows you how good mm -hmm. a, a patient of a hitter you are um, yeah the other thing i want to talk about from ball state i come across this this afternoon <laughs> And this was just me sitting here doing my research and I come across the YouTube video from Ball State when you're doing, oh, goodness. you guys did a top 10 of why you're an uh, All-American. No. <laughs> well, I remember that. It was so awkward to film and watch afterwards. Oh my God. I laughed. Who was the, so who was the player that the, the very end, and I think she was in a couple of them, had the glasses and they said, you know, she, she come on for number one. She's like, she's Canadian. Yeah, that that was Taylor. She was uh she was in my class. She was our first baseman. Yeah, she <laughs> she amazing. thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, she loved that the lines that she was given. I was like, oh goodness. 
<laughs> that was awesome. Anyway, that's a little sidebar. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you'd be drafted tenth overall, like I said before, to Akron Racers in the in the MPF. That must have been a you know a cool feeling knowing you get to continue playing the game you love at the professional level. Absolutely, it it and it was also special because uh, the uh, the Racers Stadium, so Firestone Stadium, is actually where we would play our conference tournament every year. Uh, so again, just like more full, full circle kind of moments for me, um, kind of getting my, uh, I mean this, the stadium where my college career ended was the same stadium where my professional career began. So, That's um, pretty cool. just so, so, so awesome how that again, just continue to work itself out. Just, you know, my softball journey, there were so many, so many cool elements to it and just really grateful. Yeah. How big of an adjustment was there making the jump from college to the pro ranks? There was a lot of growing pains, not going to lie. Um, I went from, you know, seeing, uh, college pitching kind of, um, you get your variation, you know, some pitchers are average, some pitchers are super elite Mm -hmm. in, in the Mac conference. Um, but when you get to pros, you're seeing the best in the game. Uh, week after week after week. Uh, so I, I really tried to hone in on, really what team Canada had taught me about hitting, um, just kind of taking those lessons. And there were, you know, some other things too, um, that I needed to learn. I had zero mental game when I went to the pros. Um, I, I had never failed, um, that much as when I went to pro ball. And Mm. so I, I really needed to learn how to handle failure. Um, and that, that helped me develop into the player that, that eventually team Canada needed me to be. And, um, so it, it was hard. It was definitely some moments when I, Hated the game, uh, not going to lie, but um, I eventually, you know, got through it. I went through some personal things that I needed to go through and mm-hmm. um, and I had, you know, a lot of great teammates and, and other people to, to help me along. So, yeah, it, it's something I needed to go through. Definitely. Right on. So, I mean, speaking of teammates, was there anybody that you play with there that you were like, wow, I didn't realize they were this good? Uh, well, I mean, I, I always knew that she was good, but, uh, Sammy Fagan, um, she came in my third year, I believe she played at university of Missouri. Mm -hmm. Um, her and I, we were best friends, uh, you know, when we were playing together and, uh, she, I just really admired how like stoic she was just, you never really saw her, um, get super, super emotional. Um, she kind of just always stayed in the middle, which is what I wanted to be like. I didn't want to get super high or too down low. I just wanted to kind of stay steady, um, no matter what happened. Um, and she was always, you know, that, that person for me, it's just, you know, she's very, very calming presence. Um, so I was like, yeah, man. And, and she, her mental game was really, really great. And, um, so I, you know, would pick her brain about, you know, Hey, what do you think when this happens type thing? And, um, so yeah, she, she taught me a lot too. Right on. Uh, let's jump over to the Canadian national team now. Uh, okay. how special was it to get that call back in 2012 that you were named to the team? Uh, it was just absolute dream come true. Um, just, you know, everything, you know, coming together as it did. And, um, it, it was just, you know, such a dream come true. And so you, you play your first, uh, WBSE world championships in Whitehorse. Um, did you enjoy being light all the time there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was definitely weird. I don't think I ever got used to it, but yeah, we, thankfully we had uh, blackout curtains in our hotel rooms and, uh, it, yeah, it's definitely a different world up there. Super pretty, super pretty. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so, so different. So how was the, uh, you know, as far as, you know, going into that environment and, you know, facing that competition, for the first time, like at the senior level, how was that like? Yeah, it was, uh, definitely an experience for sure. Um, I had kind of had an idea cause we had played in, you know, the world cup of softball in OKC and at Canada cup in, uh, in Surrey, BC. Um, so I had kind of already knew what the competition was like. Um, but I do know that that entire summer I was, 
fighting to stay on this team. And um, I wanted to be a starter and I wanted to be a contributor. And uh, there, you know, were some games where, you know, I would sit, you know, sit the bench and kind of just be that role player and whatever the team needed from me, you know, I would do it. But Mm -hmm. um, I got to watch Mel Matthews, absolute superstar, um, just, I, I wanted to be like Mel Matthews. I mean, she was by far next to ye, the best like lefty power hitter I've ever seen. Mm. Um, still to this day, just so smart, knew what the pitcher was throwing before she even threw it. Um, just, yeah, an absolute stud. Awesome. So let's fast forward a couple of, you know, well, no, more than a couple of years, a few years. <laughs> How excited, how excited were you, you know, when you got word that softball was being put back in the, in the games for Tokyo? I mean, did you have flashbacks of that conversation you had with your mom when you were young? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went nuts. I mean, I, I was in my house and I was like freaking running around and <laughs> like, I was posting on Instagram, like it's back, like we're going like, yes, let's go. And, um, I mean, everybody in the softball world was, was doing it, you know, cause I mean, yeah. it was all something that everybody wanted, you know, we, we got taken out 12 years before and um it it was just such a you know gut punch to our sport and um so yeah absolutely I called my mom and she was like so like what do you think I was like I'm I'm gonna do it I'm gonna try out again and you were coaching um, at this point weren't you I was yeah yeah that uh yeah it, it got to the point where I could no longer coach and play because I wanted to be all in yeah. for for our team and um you know train full time I mean it's it's the Olympics it's not you know some some part time exactly. training yes. yeah uh yeah so I actually had made the decision to resign from my position um as assistant coach at Ball State and you know that that was a you know kind of a bittersweet moment for me I mean Ball State's a very special place to me and uh, but I knew that's what I needed to do for our team and for myself. And I mean, it also wasn't fair for me to split myself, um, you know, kind of be half in for my ball state kids and our right. program like that. So yeah, I made, made that decision and moved back home to Texas where I grew up and, uh, moved back in with my parents and lived with them for, you know, the past four, four and a half years, um, and, and trained full time. So, so yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's what we had to do. How was that, you know, you know, you lived on your own as, as an adult for, you know, a few years and then moving back in with your parents, that must've been a little bit of an adjustment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, adulthood in reverse. <laughs> if you will. It's like, okay, I, you know, I got my, my own house. I have, you know, my two dogs, I have my own big girl job. I have my own, you know, I just had bought a truck actually. And so I'm making all of these, you know, big girl yeah. purchases and big girl moves. And, and then I, you know, moved back in with my parents at, you know, age 24. And <laughs> so it, uh, it definitely was an adjustment and, you know, it, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, you know, see other people who are kind of advancing in their, in their adult life, you know, they're getting married, they're having kids Mm. or, you know, getting to go on, you know, vacations and trips. And, you know, I'm, you know, sitting here and, you know, I'm, you know, you, you sometimes forget, um, like, Hey, you're, you're training for the Olympics, you know, you're, you're not, you're not like other people. And, um, so yeah, that, that part was kind of hard, but I mean, now it's, it's 100% worth it. Yeah. I'm sure those 90% of those people going on vacations would die to be able to go to the Olympic Games. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, talk about the process of getting to Tokyo because I, I know that was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, it, it was hard. Um, this is the most strenuous training, rigorous training that I had ever gone through in my entire life. Um, I mean, as it should be, uh, cause this is the highest level of sport is the Olympics. Um, but yeah, just everything that we were working on, everything that we were studying, um, it, it, it does take a toll on a person. And I mean, we, we were all in it together. We all leaned on each other. Um, again, that team chemistry piece is really important, especially when you're, you're trying to do something for the first time. And, you know, we wanted to medal for, for our country and, you know, no other softball Canada team had done that before. And, um, so, you know, we get here and, you know, here comes COVID. And so now we're, 
were another year um, of training that none of us really prepared for. Um, you know, think things were shut down. We couldn't go to the gyms. We couldn't, you know, go outside. We couldn't, you know, the fields were closed. Um, and, and it all kind of depended on where you lived. Like some people, you know, live, you know, where things are open and other people live where, you know, things are still shut down. And um, so it was really, you know, our our team got really creative, like, you know, Hey, we, we can take a little bit of time off cause we're not really sure what's going to happen. But then once we knew, okay, the Olympics are postponed. Um, okay. Now we have to get back at it. And, um, so our, our strength coach, he got Scott, he got creative and would send us quarantine workouts. And we did a lot of, uh, exercise with towels and, you know, resisting towels. And there were some, you know, Hey, like let's put stuff in a backpack and do back squats with it. And, um, so you just, anything that we could do to still stay in shape and not lose any of the, the gains that we had made, um, type mm. thing. Yeah, no doubt. So I wanted to ask you about your, uh, right before the shutdown happened, your time in Halifax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did it, you enjoy that, the East coast? I did. Yeah. It, uh, aside from the snow, it was, uh, it was really, really cool. Just that I was a kind of a place where I had never, um, gone to, yeah. uh, and I've always really spent my time in either Ontario, um, Alberta or BC. Um, and yeah, we got to go to a few, uh, uh, field hockey games. Um, yeah, I think you I forget the Thund- name. Thunderbirds and yes, you went to the Mo- yes. Mooseheads game as well. I think the hockey game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And then we also got to see, um, the Paralympic, uh, women's volleyball team, uh, qualify for oh, the that's Olympics. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really fun. And we, you know, we all took a picture together afterwards and, um, yeah, we got to, to live in, uh, the military base and that was a uh, experience all in itself. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah. I probably won't do this again, but, um, yeah, that, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it was a good, it was awesome. Yeah. Nothing like putting you over there on the, over by Dartmouth out in the, right. out in the middle of nowhere. Like, oh, what a, like, come on. But you yeah. should have put you guys up in like downtown Halifax. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, please. But yeah. Oh, well. So, uh, so you guys, you get to the Olympics. Walk us through that. How awesome was that experience? Yeah, it, it was so cool. Um, you know, there, there were certain elements that were different, obviously with, you know, the pandemic going on, but, um, yeah, we, we fly in, we, we get to the airport We're you know, having to go through tests and, um, we had to, we had to wait for those tests to come back. We, we had to be very careful because we weren't allowed to like kind of venture off. I mean, we had security guards that were kind of walking behind us and to the sides of us, um, just to, you know, make sure that we wouldn't go anywhere that we weren't supposed to go. Uh, cause the, the law there was, you know, you, you don't have to quarantine for a week, two weeks. Um, but you can't go anywhere else aside from your hotel to your training facility and back. Um, so, so, I mean, obviously we were fine with that. Um, so yeah, we, we get on our bus, we traveled to Anjo city, which was about six hours from the airport. So, uh, I mean that, that travel day was rough. It was, I think 36 hours total. Cause we were in Fort Myers at the time we had driven to the Orlando airport, which was three hours. Then we flew from Orlando to LAX. So that was, I believe five hours. And then, uh, I think it was like a 10, 12 hour flight from LAX to Tokyo yeah. and then Tokyo to Anjo city was six hours. So, I mean, we were just absolutely ready to, to <laughs> hit, hit the bed when we got there. And, um, so yeah, we were there for, I believe a week and a half in Anjo city and they were just so, so great to us that, that city, um, they provided really great food for us. Uh, we got to play against some of the other Japanese, uh, pro teams in the, the Japan, Japanese softball league. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, then we went to the village and, uh, we got to experience that and, uh, just so cool seeing, you know, all the buildings and the, the gift shop was, you know, just, I mean, they had everything that you would possibly want to get for loved ones. And, 
Um, it, uh, it definitely was different not having our family members there. Um, but I mean, at least we got to do the Olympics. Um, Mm. but I mean, there, there was that sense of, okay, nobody's in the stands. It's, you know, it's, it's different. You know, you're not used to playing in an an empty stadium for, for the Olympics, but, um, and then, yeah, we, we didn't actually go to the opening ceremonies because we had an early game against Australia the next morning. Um, so we decided to not go. So we were watching that on TV. So, I mean, it, it definitely was not how we envisioned our Olympic games, right. but at least we got to, to compete. So that, that was good. Yeah. Do you wish you had a, got to go to the Olymp- opening ceremonies? Of course. I mean, that's a silly question. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, you know, same thing with going to, you know, to the other venues and watching other yeah. sports. I mean, that's just, that's just what you do. And yeah. I mean, we, we did it, which, you know, again, at least we got to compete, yes. but there was, you know, that certain sense of, you know, you're kind of missing out a little bit, but yeah. I mean, I talk, I, talked to Erica on here since the Olympics and, and a couple of girls from the Australian national team or the Olympic team. And, mm-hmm. uh, I said the same thing. I I thought the coolest thing about watching it on TV was being able to hear you guys talking. If, yeah. if there had been a crowd, we wouldn't have he- heard anything. So, I mean, you know, right. being able to hear, you know, you know, you guys cheering on your teammates or, you know, yelling stuff to, to one another. I thought, I thought that was a pretty cool aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't know that you guys could hear us. So oh, yeah. I said something that was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was just, you know, it's just, you'd be able to hear this and that. And I just, you know, as a fast pitch player and, and, you know, a fan, of course, being able to hear that, I thought that was, you know, really cool aspect of it. Um, nice. Cool. Um, now that, I mean, we, we talked about everything, leading up to there. How special was that moment when Dan got that final strikeout to clean the bronze medal for you guys? Yeah, I, I mean, I, there aren't any words, um, aside from, I mean, this, this is what we had worked so hard for the last, I mean, you can say the last four years, but really we've been doing this since, you know, we first realized that we wanted to play in the Olympics. Um, I mean, mean for me, it was 21 years. I mean, I was eight years old. Um, so I mean, it, it was a 21 year old, year long journey for me. Um, just, you know, all, all the, all the parts of my softball career, you know, travel ball, high school, college pro, and then, you know, mm-hmm. all of my team Canada years. I mean, at every, every opportunity, every moment for me to learn every, you know, really low moment where I thought that like, Hey, I don't think I can play any this game anymore. It's just, it's just getting too hard. I mean, it, it, it's to quote Tom Hanks in a league of their own. It's supposed to be hard. That's what makes it great. And great movie. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorites, but I mean, yeah, it, it's, it just was the, the cherry on top of like a great career. And I mean, I, I decided beforehand to retire, but I mean, what, what better way to retire from, from the game than, you know, winning a medal for, for your home country. Absolutely. How happy was your mother? Oh, she cried. I imagine. I imagine. I know. I know. She I FaceTimed her, um, when we were done the medal ceremony and they, you know, the cameras were off and they were letting us, you know, go around the field and take pictures with all the parts of the fence that said Tokyo on it. And so I had FaceTimed her and I was like, Hey mom. And I like held up my medal and she's like, Oh my goodness. That's so (laughs) great, Jennifer. And yeah, that's, uh, man, it's, it was so great. And, um, yeah, I got, it was like, here's the field. And she's like, I don't want to see the field. I want to see your medal. And um, so yeah, it, it was a special moment for, for her. Cause I was like, man, like I gotta, I gotta show her. Cause this is really, oh. this is credit to her. Cause I mean, she, without her, I don't think I would have gotten here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she definitely played a big, big role in your career, right? No, oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, just, I mean, in life too, I yeah. mean, she, she's my best friend. I'm, you know, I aspire to be, you know, woman like her and just like so selfless, so devoted to serving others. And, um, she's just, she's an incredible woman. That's awesome. So what's in store for you now? I mean, primarily focused on the Academy, looking to back, get back into coaching, maybe both what's, what's in store. 
Yeah, I think um, I, I this is what I want to do. I mean, I, I go to work and it doesn't feel like work. And I mean, that's that's when you know that, that you're doing something right. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I enjoy all of these kids. I, you know, pray every night that I'll be a good steward of their softball talent mm-hmm. um, that they've been gifted with. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, they, they get to wherever they want to go if they just want to play, you know, just till high school. They don't want to go to college. Um, they want to go to college. They want to try to play pay play past college um whatever route they want to take i just i want to be there for them and you know be be a, a mentor for them you know outside the lines too so um but yeah i think just for now just you know growing this business seeing you know what what impact it can have on the community and uh just you know see where it goes from there that's awesome i'm sure you're gonna do well um Thank you. Little something we're going to end the podcast with. We do it with every podcast. I'm going to, it's, we call it player association. I'm going to throw out some names okay. to you, and okay. and you say as much or a little as little as about them as you want. It's easy. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds first, good. First one, Audrey Bickle. Uh, she's my best friend. I I love her. She's so so funny. Probably one of the funniest people that I know. Uh, she lives four hours from me, so I get to visit her um, all the time. You know that I get to, and uh, yeah, she she'll be you know real real close with me for for life, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> awesome. Uh, next, Megan Bartlett. Such a great boss. Um, she she was my boss at Ball State. Um. So, so encouraging, so positive all the time. Um, such a great uh, mind for the game. Um, always wanting to learn, super competitive. And just, I was really, really great that she was um, my first boss for my first uh, first job coaching. Excellent. Next one, somebody who's having a little special day today, uh, Kelsey Harshman. She, uh, another funny, per- like she's just so funny, so we have so much in common. Um, we both are dog moms. She has two dogs. I have two dogs. Um, we're, we're both really close with our moms. Um, we, we both are like, what did people call us? We're like, (laughs) like, we're like just such movie people, like, like show people. Um, like I, I have her password for Netflix and I use it all the time. (laughs) Same with like, like Plex, like she just has all the, like all the, the media or like all the TV show streaming networks. She has all of them. And I'm like, Kelsey, tell me what show I should watch next. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed that I'm missing her wedding. I guess. Yeah. It's, she's already married but this is now her post COVID post quarantine wedding. Um, but yeah, she so funny. Um, very, very loyal, loyal friend. That's awesome. I'm trying to get her on the podcast. So yeah, put in a good word for me. (laughs) I will. I will. Uh, next newly appointed head coach of the Canadian national team and your teammate Kaylee Rafter. Uh, I'm so happy for Raf. I remember I um, I was, I was, I was driving down the road when she FaceTimed me to tell me and I just about like dropped my phone, which I mean, I'm glad I did it because um, <laughs> exp- like, I just got the new iPhone and it's like, it's pretty expensive. So I'm glad I didn't drop it, but $4,000 <laughs> she, yeah, I know. Right. Just like freaking throw it out there. Yeah. But, um, uh, like just nobody more deserving than her. Absolutely. Um, totally I've agree. learned, yeah, I've learned so much from the game from her. She's just so smart and she can just see things that others don't see. Um, like she, she would, you know, tell us where to shift based on, on whatever hitter we were facing. And, mm-hmm. um, she just made, she made, you know, plans and she'd observe film for us. And she just, I mean, she was superwoman and, uh, I mean, she, she's so well-equipped and I'm so excited that our program is in, in her hands. Oh, the program's in fantastic hands with Kaylee. There. Fantastic I mean, hands. Unreal. Yes. Unreal. Last one, uh, our next female guest on the podcast in a, in a few weeks, Emma Ensminger. Uh, Emma, she, she has grown so much in the, the last, you know, I think five years that I've known her, mm-hmm. um, just, she's just worked her tail off. She is by far the best third baseman in the world. Um, just, I just remember sitting on the sidelines cause we, as the outfield, we would, uh, do our defense warm up on the field first. Um, and then we just kind of sit on off on the foul line area and I would just watch her throw like 
she'd pick up a ball and then throw it completely sideways. And I'm just like, how do you do that? Like, I want to do that. And, (laughs) um, she's just, she's such a stud. She, she's going to be like such a superstar. I mean, she already is a superstar, but, um, I mean, she, she's going to be a legend. I hope she plays for like 10 more years. Um, Mm -hmm. cause she's going to be a name that, that people in softball remember for a long time. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Jen, I got to thank you for coming on. I mean, this is, you're, you're a big part of the game up here in Canada and, you know, I, I wish you nothing but happiness, success moving forward and best of luck and everything, you know, with the Academy and everything. And, and, and again, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you. I read the rules before I broke them. I broke the chains before they choked me out. Now I pay close attention. Yeah. Really learned the code. Uh-uh. I learned to read the map before bounce I hit the road. You never heard this before But I'd rather lose a fight than miss the war And I ain't wishing competition or fishing for it I'm just living in a system, conditions are poor I've been lost in the rhythm and misinformed Too many late nights hitting the liquor store Too many bad decisions, half-ass attempts No sweat, no fear, no blood, no tears I go hard, and I ain't making up no excuse I'm overdue, I don't do what I'm supposed to do Cause if you think about it, man, we're supposed to lose It ain't all picture-perfect ocean views No, I was a first-class rookie Taking out bullies in my all-black hoodie Man the mystery, you know the history, get it or forget it, cause poof, I'm out of here. I read the rules before I broke them, I broke the chains before they choked me out, and I paid close attention, really learned the code, I learned to read the map before I hit the road. We say, nobody's gonna see me I've been high and I've been real low yeah. I've been beaten and broken but I healed though So many ups and downs, roughed up and clown We all got problems but we deal though I'm trying to do better now, find my inner peace Learn my art form and find my energy When my back's on the wall I don't freeze up Now I find my inner strength and I re-up Here we go, I know I've never been the smartest or wisest But I realize what it takes Never dwell in the dark cause the sun always rises But gotta make it to the next day It's a feeling that you get in your lungs when you run But you're running out of air in your breath Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902 902- 499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.